This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Hello everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Edition number, who cares, because Mill picks up three points on Saturday against Cardiff City and Steve Morrison. Joining me, Omer, I have my co-host, Mr Kai Bennett. You good, pal? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, all the better for three points, mate. And um, I know some of us are nursing hangovers. Well, I wouldn't say you're hangover, but I know you had, you had a late one yesterday. Um, <laughs> but celebrating three points is the only way people know how, I suppose, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, three points, you know, they that they, they they deserve a little bit of a celebration, don't they? Um we don't all we don't tend to do it the very easy way, do we? Um yeah. we nearly did it the easy way and then we we gave well fans in the stadium myself and the other what ten, twelve thousand fans in the stadium, probably a few more fans at home watching a little bit of nerves that our last free kick coming in. Uh, luckily we managed to deal with it. I, I felt like a little bit of a Brighton there, do you know what I mean? Where that stuff free kick was in a yeah. similar sort of position and I thought, no, don't go for it. But uh, no, we got for it and three points are ours. Yeah, 2-1 victory for Mill at the Den. Obviously, goals thanks to, in the second half, of Murray Wallace, um, our favourite player. You know, Kai, your name dropped him after the Fulham game as well, saying he'd be fully done well at times. And 
Mason Bennett as well, coming off the bench, get his second. And that, like we said, towards the end of the game, kind of make it interesting in the 90th minute. I think it was the young left-back, if I'm not mistaken, Bagan getting the goal to make it 2-1 right to death. And I agree with you. I, I had the tweet locked and loaded from about five minutes before the end of the game that we put out on the socials on Twitter um, where Morrison said they've ruined it for me, the little timestamp of um, at Wembley post-match. So I had it all locked and ready to go about the 91st minute. They stick the goal in the back of the net. I'm thinking, oh, shit, this could be a bit <laughs> nerve-wracking. Have I jinxed us a little bit? But thankfully, we just held on, mate. And um, obviously, a big three points for us in all things considered. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think I think three points are big any time. I mean, we can't seem to get out of 15th position, can we? No. Even I think the other day we lost and we went down to 15th. Uh, no, we, sorry, we, well, we won. I think it was against West Brom. We, we beat West Brom. We still managed to move down to 15th. Yeah, so 15th is like, we're struggling to get out of it at the moment. But um, no, we're nine points off the playoffs, 20 points off the relegation zone. So we're, you know, we're obviously... You know, a bit, bit, a bit higher than mid-table in terms of points-wise, um, but we need to, you know, try and kick on now because there's nine points off. I think we've got game in hand, or we've got still got a game in hand, haven't we? Um, mm-hmm. Providing the other teams don't have a game in hand from COVID as well, so you know, there, there's there's a chance here to potentially close the gap. I'm not saying we're gonna we're gonna make the playoffs, but I'm just saying that we could make things interesting and, and not have a sort of a bit, you know, a season a, a season that fades out almost. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I think we're going to do a deep dive in the first part into the game from the weekend. Obviously, like I said, picking up a crucial win for us just to kind of stabilise the ship. And in part number two, we'll be talking about another home game as QPR come to town in London Derby. So we're going to part number one now and talk all things Cardiff City. All right, welcome to the first part of the show. Kai, I think we'll probably start off with the team news. Obviously, a bit of um, a bit of topic around it. No Luke Freeman in the team at all. Um, not, not in the starting 11 or subs bench it is Luke Freeman isn't it I get confused between him and Kieran Freeman at, at um, Sheffield United both Freemans there uh, but obviously you know he wasn't in the side we had a continuous of a back five in the first half I mean the team news I read out for you was Bill Kowski in goal Danny Mack Hutchinson Cooper Wallace comes in at left side centre half with Pierce stepping out Murray Mersh Scott Malone left wing back Keith Nibella Mitchell continued in the middle with Jed in the 10 behind Burke and Afobi We'll talk about Freeman first. I think it's not really muted what his injury just is yet. I think it might have been a hamstring injury now that I've kind of thought about it in the back of my mind. I think he might have pulled his hamstring after a good week of training, according to Rowett, um, in his post-match interview after the game. Kind of the old cliche way, isn't it? You know, your new sign-in, quite excited to see what he could do. Had a 10-minute spell for them the other night, thinking could fit in here, could be that number 10 position for him. Um, I mean, we didn't miss him in the end, but obviously it's unlucky for him, but also unlucky for us as well. Signing the player on loan, looking to kind of see what he could do for us. And he's injured just on the verge of maybe his first start. No, I think that's I think that's 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 fair. And you know, it's, when you bring a new player in, you want to see what the player can do. And it's it's unfortunate when they get injured straight away. Obviously, he looked really good against Fulham for the ten minutes they did play. Um, he looked controlled on the ball. He looked like he had a really good cross and corner on him. Um, so that way we would have really benefited from that. Um, and he looked like he could find a pass as well. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit gutting to see him potentially out. Um, hopefully, it's very hopefully it's a minor injury. Um, because he was obviously he could have played against his former club on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And what on the team news? Obviously, we went on the back five formation, similar to how Cardiff played. To be fair, I think I said it obviously in our last show that I wouldn't be surprised if we matched them up because that's how Morrison's got them playing. Uh, they had Smithies, Bagan left wing back, McGuinness, Flint, and Perry Enge uh, right side and a half. Drummer right wing back, uh, Doyle, Wintle, and Walls with Harris and Hugo up front. Uh, I guess. Going into the game, you know, we said all week, you know, we've got nothing to lose at this point. We're in mid-table. We're now on 40 points after this game. Obviously, 37 going into it. 
didn't have any fear of going down probably no kind of hopes really of going up although you know we never know if we can string some form together I guess the initial thought at two o'clock mate was not shocked but also disappointed in a weird way that we didn't go for a back four because we've done it at the den a few times this season and it looks really good but I guess hearsay when we get the points but I have to say at two o'clock I was quite disappointed in the team selection no, I was, I was hoping for a back four as well. Um, but I'm not quite sure what the difference is in the first half to a second half because first half we were obviously quite poor. Um, both teams were quite poor. Morrison mm. said that, you know, his side looked leggy. Um, and to be honest, we just couldn't break him down. I, and I felt like this was maybe Morrison's game plan to maybe frustrate us, get, get us pinned back and, and struggling to sort of break him down. But second half, I don't know what what they what, what happens at half time, but they, they come out like a different side. Um I know Hugo had a good chance, um, you know, that he, he headed over and, and Cooper potentially could have given away a penalty. Um, but, you know, there was plenty of good chances. You know, there's plenty of good chances in the second half for us. And, you know, that was, it was pleasing to see. Yeah, I mean, the first half as a whole, I don't think we was really poor, but I, I kind of expected Cardiff, it was immediate from this get-go. You know, Morrison, old mill player, knows how the den can be at times. And, you know, form's not been great recently. They basically lined up with a banks of the 5-3-2 and sat behind the ball. Hugel and Harris were both sitting on the halfway line when we had the ball. Our centre-half, obviously, were aimlessly passing it. I think it's the first time this season I've seen us have so much possession in a home game, Kai. First half in particular, we had 66% possession. Um, and if anyone was going to make anything happen in that first half, it probably would have been us. But then again, it was I was doing live tweeting during the game at times, picking my phone up because I was bored watching it, to be honest, in the first half. Um, you know, having no kind of vocal point up top, you've got Burke and a phobie, but they're really, I think, players that like to play on the counter. And at times, holding the ball up top to both of them, it's not really something that we often see. And if you're kind of playing into a, a solid back line and not really pressing and can't get through this uh, defensive kind of sitting deep that Cardiff was showing us, it's hard to bring those players into the game. And I kind of felt like we could have done with an Ick Piazzi, for example, in the first half, where you kind of, at times, you're aimlessly passing it, but you can play that long ball forward to him, try and make it stick, and then play from there at times. And maybe second half, I think, you know, Rat said in the post-game thoughts, you know, that, you know, we, he asked Jeds and Burke and the Phobie to be a bit more narrow and try to play into the, the line, so to speak, and make themselves options to turn with the ball. But in the first half in particular, with them sitting so deep, Cardiff, it just was unbearable at times to kind of, watch and try to get through really no definitely I think if the if, the, if anyone was going to make that that impact it was going to be Oliver Burke he just looked the most dangerous player on the pitch for us um mm-hmm. obviously he had that chance didn't he that he you know the keeper saved um but no he, he looked like he was the one that was going to scare the card of defense if anyone was going to um Jed obviously had a good chance that he put over um but you know Benikafobi was quite isolated again up there so it's tough on him um mm-hmm. and it was always going to be tough we were trying to put balls in behind but you know they were quite it was quite easy for Cardiff to just sort of sweep them up and and, and clear them. Uh, that was the only frustration of mine. And I would like to see us go maybe maybe a bit more central into feet, um, and then try and get the get our wing backs coming forward and and, and going wide. Um, but yeah, that that first half was was very frustrating and, and quite as as you said, quite boring to watch. I think this ages well. And uh, someone replied to me. I think it was Terry now then who said this aged well. It did. But during the first half, this is my thoughts really because the den was flat. This is like the atmosphere wise. I said the football was flat. Cardiff need to come out and press if we've got any chance of getting Burke and Phobie in the game. Seems also both teams are content to leave it till the last part of the game to try win it. Lack of plan B from the bench does worry me though. I said, and it, yeah, I mean it, it aged well because we got the crucial win and we went two and up at one point as well. 
But I, I, I just wasn't sure what could have been different in the first half that we could have kind of come into that game a bit more. Um, and like I said, it was just times where you see Hutchinson passes it right side to McNamara. McNamara goes back to Hutch. Hutch then moves it across to Murray Wallace at left side, centre half. Murray Wallace gets to Scott Malone. Scott Malone goes to Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell turns back and gives it back to Cooper. Cooper then tries to play a diagonal over to McNamara on the right-hand side. And then it breaks down or we make a, a sloppy mistake with the ball. And because we're not typically a team that looks after the ball well, I don't think, Kai, which is one of the criticisms I have with the way we play sometimes. But it was just repetitive, wasn't it, in that first half? And you couldn't see where it was going to change or how it was going to get any better, really. But sure, it did in the second half, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what, what do you think maybe could have been done differently in that first half when you look back at it now thinking, you know, what could have been maybe done set up wise differently or maybe obviously we said about Jed getting in the game more, but it's hard to pick him out when you've got the three midfielders against him there. No, definitely. I think that I think where we where we went wrong yesterday is we kept giving the ball, ball away quite cheaply. I think as you said, you know, but the the, the where we lost where we lost the ball the most probably the most cheaply was where there was like Keith and Bird or Billy or even Cooper or Hutch were stepping out of defence mm-hmm. and trying to get it into bit uh, to Benick and Burke and Jed and they were trying to almost split a line and it kept getting cut out and I think that's where probably the most frustrating give it like you know giving away possession was. Um, because it was quite needless. Like we, we could have played it through the midfield, get Keith and Billy on the ball, and then try to spray it wide. Um, the, I think maybe the thing we could have done slightly differently. Um, I, well, I, we've said obviously play four at the back and maybe play three midfielders. So you I have don't to... think so. It's by that but we don't move the ball quick enough either. No. I think our centre halves they're competent on the ball. They're not terrible on it by any means, but they don't really move it quick enough. They don't like by the time they get under control and turn out and try to play the ball. It's a bit slower than a typical ball playing centre half you would label them can do. And I don't know if that's something that could be coached into them because Cooper and Hutchinson have been there long enough that, you know, you, you, you can't, I'm not saying that old, but you can't teach an old dog new tricks, if that makes sense. Maybe if they're continuously drilled into playing a certain way, then they'll get better at it. But I think it's a common thing where you watch them play and they're very savvy with the ball. They look after it well. But to, when it comes to then get their feet, run with it, play a ball forward and kind of, you watch Fulham on Tuesday night against us bang, 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 three passes, it's a ball in the box, and it's 1-0, if that makes sense. And when you watch us play, we don't really do that enough, I don't think, to kind of kick play forward when we've got the ball and at feet in defence. We don't move enough, We don't move the ball quick enough to move the opposition around. Correct. So That's by the time I mean, we've yeah. moved the ball to where we want the ball to be, everyone's back in their positions and everyone's set again and everyone's in the, the other teams are in their shape. Mm-hmm. So like Fulham, they were moving it wide and... By the time that we got back in our shape, they'd already gone down the wing, and then we were out of position, and then Definitely. that's where the ball came from. You know, they they just you know they just te- they they step up a gear and then they're away. We don't. I, I think we do have that. I just don't wonder if it's maybe a confidence thing. You know, maybe we don't want to do it because you know when Raul first came in, we had Hutchinson and Cooper overlapping, didn't we? Um, yeah, I noticed that as well actually, and I thank you for reminding me of that because first half. And even in the second half, really, you didn't even see him overlapping at all in the game. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I was talking to my mate who I was sitting with at the game, and I said, even on the throw-ins, that used to be up until probably the last third, you'd have Murray Wallace on the left side coming all the way up the pitch to take the throw-in. In the whole game yesterday, he didn't take one throw-in. I think it was Malone, even if it was deep in our half, was taking throw-ins. Maybe on the right side, at times, Hutchinson came forward and took the throw-ins off Matt Namara. But I thought the idea of having the extra defender, we could progress, play further forward and get the wing-backs further up the pitch. But then we'd have the throw-in on the halfway line and then Murray Wallace will be taking the throw-in. No, sorry, Scott Malone will take the throw-in. Murray Wallace will give him the ball. And then all you're doing then is you have three defenders already behind the ball when it's a throw-in going into their half. And the easy option then is, is obviously to turn back and pass the ball back to Murray Wallace. And we just kept doing that. I don't know if that's something that's changed, but 
we're not going to see Cooper scoring a goal at Charlton like we did the way the team plays at the minute. I don't know if that's just if if it's a if it's a do away from it and it's maybe you know playing it safe a bit more at the moment. But we didn't really you don't see that at the moment, do we? No, no, I, it was sort of got me yesterday because like they they were sort of playing it sideways and backwards quite often, and you know obviously as your first thought is to question you know I probably confidence on the ball, and maybe they're not confident to take the next step or, or either that or it's the system one of the two, um. But then you know I taking quite a close eye on what Raul was doing, and Gary kept kept pushing them forward. He was kept going forwards. Like he kept almost like signalling to them go forward. So. It was. It almost looks to me like it's a confidence issue on the ball that they don't want to lose it, and they think that if they lose it, they're going to struggle to maybe get back, or the other team are going to counter. And that might be to do with maybe the defensive mentality they have because mm-hmm. of the way we play, and that maybe that's maybe that's where the confidence has been lost. Maybe because they're worried that if we lose it, then they're not going to be able to have enough members, enough a team, you know, teammates to get back and and you know defend it. So. I think it's a thing with confidence in them, but that that can easily be you know sorted with a couple of wins maybe, um, yeah. and maybe even you know change of formation and hopefully that will change. Um, you know, it, obviously it's quite a you know it's quite a big thing to change. So obviously the confidence of players is quite a big thing. You need to you need to players confident. That's quite a big thing. Um, mm. But it's something that can be done over time and not loads of time. Just you know a couple of games or four, five, six games if they start winning and playing a bit better. I mean, both teams yesterday were definitely, well, Cardiff up until the other day or a couple of weeks ago hadn't scored in the first half all season. So, I what our statistics are for first half goals this season. They can't be much, can it? No, I don't think, I mean, I wish I had them to hand, to be honest with you. And I mean, I just I just think like, we we do set up to stay in games and we've always spoke about this and I have no bugbear about it. But at the same time, I just think when you're, when you're at home and... You've always said like there's not you know it's quite clear we're mid-table mediocrity as it stands. Why can't we just try and make something of it? And he's talking about the 17 games left and fair play. We won the one out of 17, 16 more to go, 16 more cup finals, whatever more innuendos you want to use for it. Um, but I think we've bashed it enough for the first half because we've got to put credit where it's due for the second there, Kai. And I think another thing he said in his post match interview, he obviously said about getting Jed involved a bit more in the ten position, but he also talked about a phobia and Burt being too wide at times. And I felt definitely in the second half, it was more, they went narrow. And then you saw a bit more of McNamara and Malone getting forward on the on the wing-back position. And I think we saw the rewards almost straight away, I felt like. I think it was about 55th minute. I think it was McNamara, neat work down the right-hand side. And I think Wallace is there as well. He dri- drives it in first time. A phobia gets to it first, but he just clips it over the goal, doesn't he? And it was kind of a glimmer. I think what a caveat to it is, is Cardiff came out to play a bit more in the second half. I think Morris's game plan was keep the shot, keep the shop shut. Keep the shop tight, keep the shop shut and tight in the first half. Spit my words out correctly. And then second half, try and play a bit more. And that played into our hands, obviously, because then we had more spaces to operate in, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. We have more uh, width as well to our play, um, which is quite important when you play five at the back. The wing backs need to, you know, need to push forward. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought Benick, I thought Benick, Burke and Jed looked looked a real threat in the second half. Um and obviously did have a couple of good chances with uh you know Hugh Gill had a good chance. Um probably should have done better there, shouldn't he? Yeah. Um and obviously Cooper's penalty. <laughs> Cooper's what, what I don't know what I can't remember what Morrison said it described it as he said something like Superman something. Something <laughs> like that. He's, he's thrown himself at like Superman or something. Um but no, I mean, you know, but we you know away from that I thought yeah the, we just looked like a lot more dangerous in, in possession. We looked like we we had a bit of a 
we had that 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 like effectiveness to go forward, and we, we, it was effective when we went forward, and we had that urge to go forward, and, and it looked a lot more. It looks a lot more. It, it was not direct, but you could see what they wanted to do, and they were trying to do it. Whereas in the first half, they were quite passive with the ball. Whereas second half, they were forceful with it, which was which was much better to see. Definitely. I mean, I think just before the double change, which I think was the catalyst, I think even Jed had an opportunity where, again, he picks up the ball in a 10 position, turns and drives out the defence. I think he takes it left foot, just drives it past the right-hand side of the post. Again, you never know, he could have creeped in. I don't think Smithy was going to get there. Um, so the pressure was starting to build. And then I think this was the real kind of changing point. Um, Burke and Mitchell go off and Bennett and Savile are introduced. Obviously, you know, Bennett is a goal scorer. Savile assisted the goal scorer for the second goal. Um, and it just kind of changed from that point onwards. I mean, I don't necessarily think Mitchell, I see a lot of people in homestands at times criticising Mitchell. I, I'm for it because, you know, we can't just protect him as he's one of our own. If, you, if he's having a poor game, let's dig him out for it. But I don't think he's having a poor game. But I think maybe he falls into that kind of category you're saying there, Kai, about short on confidence at times. And mm-hmm. we don't really see too many lung busting runs forward from him, which I do think he has in his locker where he can pick the ball up and drive up the field and try and carry us up there and kind of put teams under pressure at times. Yeah, he's shown it before, hasn't he, Billy? Last year, especially in COVID lock, uh, the lockdown season, he showed he could do it, um, mm-hmm. and he showed it at the start of the season as well. I thought he was uh, good, you know, when he first when Broward first brought it back brought him back into the team, um, and yeah, and, he, and he's but you know he had a really good first half of the season. That you know, Billy's been one pro- probably him and Danny have probably been the breakout stars of the last five six years, haven't they? Probably, yeah. Um, you know, they've been excellent for us. Just um, be nice to see Billy try and push forward a little bit more and try and cause, you know we know he's got he's got a strike in him. Um, you know, he hit that brilliant strike against Tottenham. I think it was under 18 youth cut, wasn't it? So he's yeah. definitely got a strike in him and we want to see them push up, uh, press up celebrations again. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is a free licence to play or maybe how he's coached to play in this setup, maybe to recycle the ball and try to move it. But I did agree with the sub, to be honest, and I did agree with taking him off at the time and keeping Keith on. I thought Keith at times yesterday, he's not great on the ball, but he's quick at kind of spotting threats of play. There's a couple of times in the second half where he got used his body, got in the way of players and bought free kicks and kind of broke up play where you expect him to do so, Kai. And I'm pretty sure it's another game where he didn't get booked. And I think since you said he's drew a book in every game, unless he did get booked just now and missed it, he's not really been booked, has he? No, I think I've said that and it's worked, yeah. isn't it? It's been the exact opposite because I agreed with you and it's true. He was almost a guaranteed yellow card every game. If he was into kind of punting on this sort of stuff, I would put Keith in that kind of category. Since that point, I think he's probably not been put once, mate. <laughs> no, if I put him in the sort of Granit Xhaka category, you know, where he sort of gets yeah. a picks up one every game. But no, Keith's better than Xhaka anyway, so it's the way it is, you know. We, we did we did a show at the start of the uh, season. Do you remember? I think it was first couple of games. I think we called it the Michael Kifton Bell fan club, didn't we? It's definitely come back. I don't think I mean, it's definitely that that should be called. This show could be called the Michael Kifton Bell fan club hashtag two. Yeah, I mean. For the record, I don't think it disappeared through his own doings. He just kind of vanished from the team for a little bit. I don't think he got injured or anything. Um, he obviously started the season and was in that midfield three that we had at the time, where he was kind of the holding position. Played at QPR and was immense. He thrived on the fans being there after the game he was talking about. And, you know, Gary Rout was bigging him up for that reason as well. He's the type of player that thrives on the kind of atmosphere. But at the same time, players need to bring fans into play. And I think at times he has that kind of ability where he could put a tackle in, but also... He, he he reads the game very well and all. And if you put him next to someone that can pass the ball, and, you know, Savile came in and I think Kai's introduction to that game, it couldn't have been any better, really, because his influence in that 15, 20-minute spell was kind of crucial, I felt like, to the win. Yeah, and I think, you know, since he's come back, I've been quite surprised to only just see him back now. I thought he might have come on against Fulham or he might have come on against um, Preston. 
Yeah. But no, he, 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 his influence was, was really good. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, you know, he, he influenced the game. Um, he was effective when he came on and that ball, obviously there's a little bit of luck involved. It hits the, you know, defender's, you know, defender's uh, boot, boot, but he has to get there in the there's first There's no place. deflection, don't worry, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. But he has to get there, doesn't he? And he had the idea to put it over to Bennett and I'm just not quite sure what the kind of, def- kind of defence is doing because... How how tall do you how tall is Mason Bennett? Maybe five seven five eight. Eight, maybe? Five, yeah, eight. five eight. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, who's marking him? I'm, I'm not complaining, yeah. but I'm just saying, like you know, if that was us, I'd be I'd be annoyed. But you know, Mason Bennett's there to 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 tap you know head home for his second goal in four matches, which is which is good to see. Two goals at the den as well, isn't it? I think. I'm not yeah, and his celebrations are, are, are brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, his celebration is class, and I think for that reason, we want to see more Mason Bennett goals, that's for sure. Um, but obviously, that was the second of two, mate, because the first goal came through, I think probably you're going to say you'll play the season so far, I'm expecting, and I, I'm going to agree with you as well. Um, I think it's Malone takes the corner, and it infuriated me that he took it in the first place, to be honest with you, because he just took a set piece a minute before it. I think it was a free kick on the edge of the box, didn't beat the first man. I'm thinking, why is he on this corner now? I, I quickly forgot about that, because... For every reason, Steve Morris would be disappointed about this, I'm pretty sure. You obviously heard his post-match words more, but the ball bounces in the box after a corner. I think maybe Hutch tries to get to it and it misses the, both the defender and Hutch. Bounces and Murray Wallace is there kind of standing at the six-yard line to head it in at the back post. Yeah, it's a fantastic header, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Calls Morris, you right. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was class. It was, you know, it was just like a... That's his five, fifth goal of the season in all competitions. Um, third in the league. Because he got could have scored a hat in that cup game. I remember he could have scored he a hat trick that day. He so nearly scored a hat trick. Remember that? Oh my gosh, that would have been crazy. Um, but no, like, like he, he's been very good this season. He's so reliable. Um, and he, he, pop, he, he pops up with a goal that was really important yesterday. Got got the game under work. Well, obviously it was 74 minutes in, but it sort of just sparked the game a little bit and it gave us that chance to go forward and get a second as well. Um, I just think he's really good, Murray. I just like the way he's he's, he's overall player. He did a little nice little trick yesterday as well, where he sort of cut inside, faked a defender, and, and went inside. He just for someone that's quite obviously centre back like almost in terms of his build. Obviously, he has played left back in the past and left wing back. He played left wing back the other day. Yeah, for someone who is centre back is a centre back predominantly, and he's quite a big guy, six foot two, six foot three, isn't he? And you know, quite quite stocky as well. He he runs with the ball so well, and he beats so many defend like just by his body, what body body language, like when he you know shimmies to the left, shimmies to the right, and he and he's away, you know. He's, oh, he's no, he's brilliant. I like. Really I like him to myself on a Monday night, you know. You know when I play football on a Monday, mate. Shimmy left, shimmy right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm, I'm unorthodox, I'm unpredictable, but it works. Nah. Um, shout out to my whole Monday night crew. I'm not playing for well them, but yeah, no, it's true. I agree with you because it, it's not. It's it looks weird or it looks doesn't look right or it looks unorthodox is the word I'm using 
but he makes it look so effective. He's he's playing. I think I definitely agree with you that he he is my shout for player of the season so far. I like to see Danny Matt get a mention as well because I feel like he's persevering past Rowett's doubts early in the season, and he he seems to be going from strength to strength as well in that right wing Matt position. And I think with Mo Wallace in particular, he's he's just proving that he's the kind of for me, I, I labelled him the Andy Frampton effects in the K-Jacket side, where you could put him anywhere and he'll do a job. And I felt like Andy Frampton at that point really was that kind of player. Um, and it's just useful to have that sort of player on the side because we played left wing back against Fulham. Didn't look terrible there. I wouldn't say it was at fault for many of the goals. Plays left side centre-half against Cardiff. Scores a goal. He's, like I say, he's fifth in all competitions now. He just can't do any wrong, I don't feel like. And we hear about his, you know, he's quite mobile, athletic. He's probably the fittest player in the squad, supposedly. Runs their training games quickest or the training warm-ups they do in pre-season. And he's definitely an unsung hero on this side but that's becoming prominent now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously myself as a defender and as a, as a sort of left-wing back or left-back or a centre-back, it's quite easy to overlook these sort of players. Um, but, you know, when you sort of, notice the play. I mean a defender's had a good game hasn't he realistically if you don't notice them mm-hmm. most likely if you don't notice anything they've done wrong they most likely had a good game they've probably won their defensive battles and stuff but you notice Murray and it's never for the wrong reasons you always notice Murray for something that he does something ridiculous like the other day when he nutmeg Mitrovic you're like god what a player like you know yet yesterday he, he nut you know he, he took it past someone he scored you know he does he just can't as you said he can't do any wrong I think he was labelled a lockdown master um, yeah. on the socials after the game by the middle admin. So I'll, I'll give him that. Lockdown master is a good title for that one. Um, and yeah, obviously we mentioned obviously towards the end of the game, we mentioned Bennett's goal. I feel like we was in control by that point up till the a consolation right at the end. Bit nervy after that, mate. But ultimately, big three points for Millwall. 40 points now. 40 points already in the season where at times it's felt like a bit of a, a schlep and a struggle. But you know, 40 points at this stage of the season. I, I can't remember the point where we got to it last season, but it, it feels like middle of the road, middle under Rowett. And we, I guess we take it for granted sometimes and we're quite critical of it at times. But if it if, it's, if it plays like that most weeks, I don't think we'll be disappointed in it, to be honest, Kai. But it's just the inconsistency that always haunts this side. We now need to back it up with three points on Tuesday. That's How many next. times have we said that this season? It's going to happen. Well, I'm going to go with the opposite and say it's not going to happen again, but we'll talk more about that in part two. And obviously, you know, reverse psychology seems to have done the trick last couple of games, so it can only be a good thing there. But I guess to end this kind of part, it's just about being consistent. That is the key, isn't it, mate? And I, I said it there already, but it's worth saying it again. Just be consistent, for God's sake, more. Yeah, exactly. If we're, if we're consistent, then we have we have chances of moving up the table and, and, and making our season a little bit more exciting towards the back end of it. Obviously, if we're not consistent, then you, you can never get on them runs. The best teams win three, four games in a row. I mean, Fulham win like 10 sometimes, obviously, but Fulham are different, different, Griffin Gravy. But, you know, there's if you win a couple of games in a row, two, three games, you do that three, four times a season, you'll be you'll be right up there. First 90 minutes since November for a Serge Ed Wallace as well. Lovely stuff. Good to see that. And I thought he looked, he, like, he looked like he was back to his best, I felt like. And he, he he's definitely, it's not quite there yet. Like for what we kind of expect from Jed, but he's he's his determination to run the ball and obviously his involvement in the team does make us a better outlet going forward, doesn't it? And I think we already knew this, we're stating the obvious, but it's it's great to see him back on that side. And none of us expected it in the middle of January, so it's, it's a welcome sight, I suppose. Yeah, it's just nice to see Jeb Wallace playing football and looking like he's enjoying it. Um, you know, out in out in the out on the pitch, and hopefully, um, 
he can have a good end to the season with us. He's five goals short from his double tally uh, that he normally gets, and he's obviously four assists away from that as well. So, Jed, no pressure, mate, but come on, help us kind of propel up the league <laughs> a bit more. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably wrapping up part number one, mate. And we're sitting in 15th place in the table. Let's go into part number two and talk a bit about QPR. And welcome to that second part of this show. Kai, mate, we got a West London team in QPR coming to the den on Tuesday night. What are you expecting in the London derby, mate? Um, it's going to be a difficult one. Obviously, they they've they lost against Barnsley on the weekend 1-0. So, in that sort of way, they potentially are like a wounded dog, aren't they, in that way? Yeah. Um, you know, any, any team that loses, they're, you know, they're, they're obviously determined to, to follow it up with, you know, get back to winning ways. Um, they've, got, they've, got, they've got a good side. They've got really good midfielders in Elias Chair, Chris Willock. Uh, they've got some good forwards, Lyndon Dykes, obviously Austin. Uh, I think Andre Gray's away at, at the moment, I think. Mum he played last back. game. He played against Barnsley. So yeah. He's back. He's back then. So Andre yeah. Gray's back as well. Um, they got Lee. That could be. A, do you know this is going to be really, really confusing game. This one, Omar, because you've got Jeb Wallace and Murray Wallace, and they've got Lee Wallace. Yeah. So, what Wallace do you reckon is going? To- At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now, hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, Jerry. It's over. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Come out on top. Um, good question. The Battle of the Wallaces. We'll go for Jed. Come on, Jed's going to be the decisive factor, isn't he, on Tuesday night? Surely, um, I agree with you. And it's it's an interesting tie because obviously Barnsley haven't been great this season, mate. And I think that's their first win in however long, probably since. Wait, I'm actually going to tell you since they beat Derby County on the eleventh on the third of November. So it's not going to it's going to be definitely wounded down all day in QPR and. I think, obviously, from what we saw them in the first game of the season, I don't think much has changed about them. A lot of people anticipate them to be up there this season, and they're duly delivering on that. I think they're in fourth place at the table, as we speak, on 52 points. And if they won on the weekends, people will be talking about them in better terms than they have done about Blackburn. And it's it's kind of just creeped up on us a little bit how, you know, they've kind of played their way into it. But it's no surprise at the same time, is that fair to say? Yeah, they've got a really good creative uh, outlet um, in Chair and Willock. They, you know, they pop up the goals all the time. Um, they're very clever, quick, quick with their quick with their movement, good with their feet, and um, yeah, they're just they're just a problem for any defence. So we're gonna have to be on that. Uh, Keith and Bell, if he does start, we'll have to be you know watch wary of that one. Um, where of them two players, and um, whoever, whoever the other centre, centre midfielder is, either whether that's Billy or Savile, if they play three potentially, mm-hmm. um, you know, have to make sure they they try and deal with them because they're they're definitely a threat in that side. Yeah, they're two about a win now, so they'll be keen to kind of put that right and obviously get back to it. Excuse me, my phone's going off. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I think a good, talented team. Even Charlie Oss is not getting their team at the minute, Kai. So it says a lot about them there. You know, it's it's not necessarily not necessarily about what's what I'm looking for. 
it's not necessarily about the star hitters in that team. There's a lot of, you know, players in there that are young, hungry, championship talented players. Rob Dickey always sticks out to me after his first game of the season against us anyway. Um, you know, that goal against us at Loftus Road. But they're definitely a side that they play five at the back as well. So it'd be no surprise to see what team we will play Tuesday night. But under Warburton, they seem to be going places. No, nah, he's a he's done well, uh, Warburton. There was a bit of a spell, wasn't there? I think it was about was it about a year and a bit ago, maybe just as Kobe was hitting. They were sort of a mid mid table sort of side, um, and the fans were probably calling him for a bit of change. Um, but he's delivered, hasn't he? He's turned it around and got what job he's doing. Um, they've got re- they've just got a really good mixed mix of balance. So that that really mix piece of players, really good balance to their to their style of play. And it just works for them. So, yeah, they're going to be a tricky team on, on Tuesday night. But we just need to try and get down the wing, you know, use the use the width well, um, try and win that midfield battle and then take our chances when they come to us. All very, it all sounds very easy, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it, mate. You've just got to take your chances when they come to you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That's what we all do, right? That's why we're top of the league. Yeah. So, it's no bother at all. But um, they shrivelled well in, in, in the January window and all. I think... David Marshall arrived, the goalkeeper from Derby. Jeff Hendrick as well in the midfield. And Dion Sanderson, who we was linked with from Wolverhampton Wanderers, albeit he's not really featured of late last couple of games on the bench. But it's it's, it's just a tricky tie, tricky team. But as always, we've got to big us up on a London Derby night. So Tuesday night under the lights at the Den. Hopefully some more fans turn up after the win on Saturday. And a real chance for us to make it wins back to back something we've not done in a little while <laughs> absolutely it's a good chart it's a good opportunity and hopefully we can take it because you know that that's when you that's when you rise at the table and if we want to want to make our season something now we need to we need to start grabbing these opportunities and taking them we will have won back-to-back games twice this season can you name me both go on and put you on the spot a little bit uh was it uh was one of them bristol city and the other was barnsley correct yeah barnsley and then the other one it was, was shortly after this very shortly after actually very shortly after this after that game there after that one yeah after was, that one batch, them, yeah. was one of the reading no no when we played oh, reading we then drew to derby it was before that oh was it um was it stoke yeah and who was the game before it think of the left side center half that we got that we said doesn't overlap anymore but somehow managed to score well at bramwell lane Oh, where he does this. I think that. everyone was confused as him that day when he scored that goal. And yeah, it's um it's set up for us. So what can I say? I think if you look at our fixtures, mate, I think it's probably a good time to check that out. You know, we've got like I said, QPR Tuesday, then we've got a tough trip to Blackburn all week on Saturday or next Saturday. Then we've got Derby away on that Tuesday afterwards, Sheffield United at home, and that kind of brings an end to a block of games, but then you've got Reading, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, Stoke. They're not teams I'm scared of, Kai, but they're teams that are hard-working and resilient sides. I'm thinking Derby, I'm thinking of Middlesbrough and Chris Wilder when they come to town. Tricky games, but not any teams that we should be fearful of. And if we're in good nick and in good form and maybe get the likes of Freeman back, obviously Ballard's to come back into the side at some point. It'd be interesting to see when he's due back into the squad because he wasn't there. Hopefully if Obi's okay as well. And hopefully Phobie's all right. And I know even Burke got a little bit of a knee knock in the first half on, on second half on Saturday before he went off. So if we had a fitter squads and we've got options available, it's it's an interesting time to, I suppose, what Rowett said on Tuesday night after the defeat of Fulham. 17 games left, the gauntlet's there for the players. And hopefully they're hungry for it and want to take the opportunity. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's just hope they, you know, they, they've seen that, that game as a, that game on Saturday as a, as a chance to push on. 
chance to uh, put a marker down and, and show the teams around us that you know we're not going to just fall away this season. We're going to we're going to keep going. We're going to keep fighting, and hopefully we'll we'll be play, we'll be playing for something at least on the last day of the season. And hopefully it's not the other way around, and it's not down there. It's up there. Yeah, I think if I'm honest with you, I'm expecting mid table, but if anything better, yeah. it's brilliant. And I guess it's the time for a lot of the season. We had to we had to reevaluate our predictions early on. Don't get me wrong. Um, well, I'm we still playing come... at Bournemouth C, mate. I'm still, I'm yeah, we'll have to come back to them predictions at the start of the season soon. Obviously, when we get towards the end of the season, that'll be quite funny to listen back to at the best of times. But that's what we—that's what we are. We're Mill fans. We're deluded at the best of times, and yeah, and it's and realist at the worst of times, I suppose. And this—it's weird. This feels like the worst of times because it's not. But at the same time, it's—it's—it's it's, it's this weird position to be in. But I guess it's the modern day Mill fan or the modern day football fan in general we've we know the, the downs and we know what the lows have been for Mill in recent history Kai but we always want a bit more and I suppose it's not a bad thing to want that but at the same time I suppose if it's what we're getting served up is what we got served up on Saturday I have no arguments with against it it's, it's a weird scenario to be in isn't it yeah it is because obviously like you know sit what was it just before maybe Holloway well obviously when Holloway was here Lomas was here mm-hmm. and even Jacket probably we probably would have bitten your hand off of mid-table wouldn't we championship but it just shows you how much Millwall has, as a football club has evolved in terms of the quality of players we've got in right now. Yeah, um, the players are much, you know, the players have got the quality to to be up to be up there. I reckon um, it's just how we play, whether whether it suits them and and hope whether it suits the style of play, and and hopefully we can we could start showing that now. It hit it hits home to me thinking I wouldn't be a football manager because I suppose if you're Gary Wright when you took the middle job, you've obviously got to progress us, but. It's, I even I've got to kind of sit, think and stop to myself thinking, what do you actually want? Like, what do you expect? We've got a smaller budget. I'm stuck in a position where I, I know we can do more. I think we can get a lot more from this team. And this is what I agree with you about the talented players comment. But at the same time, we're doing what we expect. So what's the problem, if that makes sense? So just a weird kind of feeling th- uh, this evening on a Sunday. And it's not necessarily because of alcohol infused either. Normally, I want to come down after a, excessive drinking amounts on a Saturday. Instead, I've had a sensible Saturday. I'm sitting on a Sunday feeling quite realist and modest about things. And it's a weird feeling being a Mill fan in that kind of position, Kai, I have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling the same, to be fair, mate. I'm feeling all, you know, I'm feeling happy about yesterday. Um, but no, still, we've got a job to do Tuesday night. And our, I don't know, it's difficult. I only go for, for 1-0. And go Mason I was for score prediction. 1-0. Okay. Same team as Saturday if they're all fit. I think we might see maybe Bennett coming for a phobia if he's injured, maybe. Could, maybe yeah. Itself. Maybe yeah. that's a problem made for itself there. And even maybe Ballard creep into the side. Is it too soon yeah. for him, maybe? Or But who would you drop? That's the question. Because obviously Murray's having a having a storm ride. You can't you can't drop Murray. Good point. I think the yeah. balance is there at the back at the moment. And obviously yeah. and obviously clean sheets were there before the Fulham game. So what is it, two in the last four? Yeah, I suppose the team picks itself in certain positions anyway. So I agree with you. I think um team probably does pick itself. I, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one one draw on Tuesday. And I'll take it. Uh, QPR obviously want to get back to winning ways. I think it's going to be a tough tie. They'll take a big following. I'm no doubt sure about that because obviously form's been quite good for them recently. And hopefully we have a decent then crowd to back us up on under the lights and see a 1-1 draw. I think we'll probably play good. I think we'll be on the front foot. But I just don't think we'll have enough to beat them on Tuesday. So there's my prediction, mate. No worries, mate. I was going to say to you, actually, we've got to do a we've got, we've got to do a, start doing a daily, pod, daily update. Well, not daily update, but a podcast update. Yeah. Of how you and Mickey's gym sessions are going. <laughs> yeah. so go on, update us all. We, we've completed week one, that's okay. for sure. And week two starts tomorrow, Monday morning. 
when you when you guys listen to this podcast at six in the morning, some of you pick it up. I do see some of you listen to it. We'll be in the in there doing week number two and still going, mate. Every other day during the week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and um, yeah, it's just consistency, isn't it, mate? So, what about it's yourself? Nice. Are you going to sign up to a gym? You're going to join one? What are you doing? I haven't really got enough time, mate. No, uh, <laughs> dude, hard life, hard life being a journalist. Either, nah, right? No, mate, no, no. I, I do. To be fair, I do. I have started playing cricket again. So, like, nice. the nets have started. So, you know, we're, we're working, we're doing Mondays, not quite doing Wednesdays or Fridays. Um, but but we'll, we'll build it up. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone's putting any uh, New Year's resolutions and they're still doing them, fair play to you. Um, I kind of started and stopped, but the motivation of someone going with me helped. So if you're doing anything like that, if, you, if you're trying to strive to any New Year's resolutions that involve any fitness goals or anything like that, be sure to let us know. Uh, and I think that wraps up that middle podcast. And thanks for joining me as always, Guy. No worries, mate. Enjoyed it. Hopefully we can get three points on Tuesday night. We shall see. And we'll be back on Thursday, obviously, maybe Friday, to discuss that QPR game and preview Blackburn. If you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new, and obviously let us know what you thought of this podcast. Just me and Kai today. Shout out to Mickey. Hope you're well, mate. And we'll be back soon. Cheers, guys. Taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.